Blog Talk Radio. This is the Roman Show for the week of October 3rd. This week we welcome Combate Americas fighter Paulina Granados who gets inside the cage October 14th and it airs live on UFC Fight Pass. This plus much more on the Roman Show. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. The Roman Show with your host, Rodolfo Roman. All right, everyone, how's it going? It's Rudolph Roman, your host of The Roman Show, alongside George Alonzo, co-host of the program and host of Reality Check Radio. And uh, I'd like to say a quick, quick shout-out here, AthlonRub.com. Make sure you grab the latest and best thing that men has created, AthlonRub.com. Check them out. You can rub it on your body prior to training or just rub it while you're actually training and then afterwards and your body will feel brand spanking new. That's AthlonRub.com. Check them out for more information. George, well, welcome back. We took a little, we had a show last week, but then again, I know you're being very busy with uh, uh, Reality Check, nonetheless. Well, you know, your show was missing a little oomph, you know, while I was gone. Because technically, you're not as good looking or entertaining as me. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. All right. So today, George, we are going to welcome Paulina Granados, who will be in action on Combate Americas October 14th. It's actually the first event, MMA event, that will take place in the state of New York after the state actually legalized MMA after such a long time. And uh, obviously, we'll be talking more in our edition of MMA Showdown with UFC 205 which hits New York in November. It's the first time the UFC visits New York State, and the event will be at Madison Square Garden with a stellar, stellar, stellar fight card. But we're going to get things started here with Reality Check. Just a reminder, XFN returns November 19th at the Bahia Mar. Check them out. That's XFN. You can get your tickets right now. Check them out on XFN Nation on Facebook. Here's Reality Check. And now, it's time to give you a reality check. Well, George, Alberto Del Rio left the WWE for some untold reason, although he was suspended for that wellness policy. Now, he was scheduled to make a return to AAA, to his birth country of Mexico. And AAA, of course, a very well-known promotion in Mexico. And, well, he sells out. Allegedly, he was actually at TNA for the Bomb for Glory pay-per-view. And not only that, he was only scheduled for AAA, but also for other another promotion. And one of the promoters, uh, actually the promoter of that promotion said, Listen, we spent all this money on printing out flyers and promoting that Alberto the Real was going to be on the card. And he doesn't show up. Allegedly, the Real was going to pay for that since he didn't show up. But... It's a pretty uh, bad reputation for Alberto Rio in his home in his home state, but we had this conversation before, George. If 
Del Rio goes to TNA. Just like Cody Rhodes has done it. Damian Sandow has done it. Uh, Titus or, 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 or... What was it? Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about uh, uh, Bi- Tyrus O'Neill or, or whatever he... Or Big Titus. Yeah, I, I know who you're... The Funkasaurus. The Funkasaurus made his way to TNA. But my question is this. With all these rumors that are being said uh, on the internet and uh, alleged stories that TNA has no money. In fact, they were on the brink of not even having TNA Bomb for Glory pay-per-view. And now, allegedly, Billy Corgan, the Smashing Pumpkins lead singer, is going to purchase it. But why would you make that transition? I I understand they have a good schedule. You're not on the road as much as WWE. I respect that. I get that. But, I mean, some of these guys, I remember that some of the cameramen weren't even getting paychecks. Yeah, I, I don't understand how that's being worked personally, especially with them being so financially uh, behind right now. I know that they received the money to uh, survive uh, Bound for Glory and this coming week of tapings, but I, I, I really don't know how it's working with talent-wise because uh, obviously I don't work for TNA, but you know we all know that there's people like the Cody Rhodes, like the Alberto the Rios, like the big Funkasaurus, like the the list goes on and on. That they're not just penny cash, you know. They 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 they're worth a lot more than just the random person coming in from the independence. I'm sorry, but it's true. You know, they have the TV experience, so they should earn more money. So I I really don't know how that's being worked. Uh, personally, now as far as the Alberto Del Rio, you know. Uh, not showing up to his Mexico bookings. I've said it on this program before. Do not, again, do not, you know, bite the hand that fed you. Because without Mexico, Alberto Del Rio would have never been known. Alberto Del Rio started his career in Mexico uh, as Dos Caras Jr., uh, lost his mask, came over to the WWE, uh, started wrestling under Alberto Del Rio. But the point is, is that, again, it all started in Mexico, and literally he turned his back on them. As a matter of fact, the I, I believe it was the president or the promoter of Triple A went on to say that he failed his Mexican people by not showing up to the pay-per-view, and I have to agree with it. Well, George, we just got to breaking news here because we have a reason why allegedly Alberto de Rio was not a Lucha Libre Triple A. Uh, according to his social media accounts, Apparently, he was eating a meal before his flight, and he was assaulted by a criminal with a knife outside the restaurant. Rodriguez suffered multiple lacerations on his arm and other body parts uh, defend, uh, while he was trying to defend himself against this criminal. As police were called by witnesses, Rodriguez received medical attention and went back to the police department and was unable to make his flight. Rodriguez has spoken with the ownership of Lucha Libre and given them documentation of the incident. Uh, he says that he uh, greatly res- regrets not being there uh, yesterday for his fans in Mexico and promises to everyone that he will make it up as soon as he can. And uh, Rodriguez will not miss any of his shows for the remainder of the year and is ready to compete this weekend in UK. And we're seeing at some of the images here, George, of some of the lacerations from night from the life. You can see it right here on his arm and in the back of his head, George. So it's pretty seems legit. That would if that is legit and. Or it, or it's actually proven, like that will be the second WWE superstar that we have seen to fall victim to being stabbed, 
because again, not just Alberto Del Rio, but we also uh, heard news that uh, Jamie Noble was stabbed over the weekend uh, at his trailer park. So it, it, what's going on with the safety of these wrestlers? Who knows? Well, let's see as uh, this story unfolds, but that is the reason why the Rio is saying that he was not able to make it to AAA this weekend because he was assaulted by a criminal while waiting, well, actually right after eating a, a meal. Nonetheless, uh, we're going to continue here with more on the Roman Show uh, as we talk about more about TNA, of course, the sale. No one really knows what's going to happen. No one knows who's going to purchase it. Allegedly, Billy Corgan is going to uh, purchase this thing. But, you know, in all honesty, George, I think that TNA is already has been purchased. And this hype, this, this, this news was just being built to hype out Bomb for Glory. I think that's what it is. Well, I guess, but the question is who? You know, because we've heard everyone from Sinclair Production uh, Network to Billy Corgan uh, to the WWE. We've heard so many names being thrown out into the fray about who bought the company. And listen, personally, me, I've been the only company right now that could fulfill a, 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 a good schedule with money for TNA is the WWE. Personally, me, as a fan, I really hope it is that the WWE did purchase the, the, the company. Not to say, hey, I hope they close it down. No, I, I hope they continue it. As a matter of fact, Vince McMahon even quoted he, if he ever bought TNA, he would want it to continue. But if if they did buy it, the reason why I'm saying I hope it was them is because it will satisfy us as customers, as customers to the WWE Network, to receive a lot bigger library. Do you understand the hype, the build they could give people that currently are in the WWE if they held on to that library right now? Oh, boy. The amount of people they'll be watching. All those AJ Styles matches yep. he had with the X Division. Yep. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, can you imagine the, the people that are going to fill that, that stream just to watch the old times of AJ Styles in the X Division or the Samoa Joes wrestling against Kurt Angle, those classics? Do you know how much more people will subscribe to that network just because of that? You would have your your diehard TNA fans come over from the TNA product to the WWE just to sign up to your production, meaning more money to your network that you already have. That That's a win, man. And how great would it be that if, let's say, you know, the E buys TNA and, and works out a deal with a man that says, you know what, Billy, you can go ahead and take in TNA. Don't worry about this pop channel, which I don't, I don't even have that channel. I don't even need people watch that channel. But either way, why not just have... TNA on the WWE Network, just like UFC Fight Pass has done with all these other promotions. How great would that be? That's what I'm saying. It, it will be more bang for the buck for the customer. But also, it, it, it gives us a lot more time to for the people who don't know AJ Styles, for the people who don't know Samoa Joe, for the people who don't know, uh, let me see, Bobby Roode, and Eric Young, and etc. For those people who don't know them, they could now access TNA library tape, uh, t- uh, streaming uh, video, and watch the Eric Young matches, the Bobby Roode matches, the Samoa Joe matches, the AJ Styles matches. All great matches in their, in their TNA venture. 
And now they would say, oh, so that's who he is. That's a great business move. So personally, I hope Vince is not saying, ah, oh, you know, they're not, you know, competition. Let them continue. Vince, think smart for once. I know you're a smart businessman, but think smart and think of what that could do for your current talent pool and for or an increase to your network subscriptions. It would be great, and you have those fans already locked into the network. So, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, all you have to do is just tune in and watch the on demand, just like I, I do with NXT. You know, personally, I don't, I don't, I don't watch it live every Wednesday at 8 p.m., but I tune in the next day and I watch it. I could do the same with TNA. Yeah, it, listen, I watch the network constantly for some old pay-per-views, but sometimes, you know, I switch over to WCW. Sometimes I switch over to uh, to uh, ECW, the old school ECW. How awesome would it be if I say, hey, I'm tired of seeing the same old three companies, you know. I want something new. I want to see where AJ Styles came from. Where I could just literally pull into the TNA library and watch the old school lockdowns, the no surrenders, the genesis, you know, and, and be like, wow, that is awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty neat. All right, switching gears here, George. How many women have rode the space mountains of old George? I don't know, man. I think enough to to say that he gave enough amount of STD to fill up a city. Well, the Nature Boy Ric Flair was asked, you know, how many celebrities or uh, award-winning actresses or well-known people that are on tablets or whatnot uh, have rode Space Mountain and Ric Flair. Well, he said he, it's been several and uh, one of the individuals there asked him, you know, who was it? And he said, Halle Berry. He said that Halle Berry rode Space Mountain. Well, now, um, I, I don't know what to say because surely I wasn't in the bedroom, so I can't say he's lying or he's telling the truth. But uh, I guess we have to wait till Halle Berry comments on I would love to hear that. All right, we're going to welcome in right now Paulina Granados, who will be fighting on Combate Americas October 14th live on UFC Fight Pass. Check it out. Is the first MMA promotion dedicated to Latino fighters. And again, they are live October 14th on UFC Fight Pass. We're also going to have the first time, first ever Combate Americas bantamweight title on the line. Check this out. October 14th, Combate Americas. We'll be back with Paulina. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to The Roman Show. Make sure to follow us on social media at The Roman Show. Well, we got some great MMA action coming October 14th live on UFC Fight Pass. That is Combate Americas. And the best thing about it is that this is actually the first time where a live pro MMA show will take place in New York ever since the state legalized the sport. And on the line, it's a pleasure to have Paulina Granados, who will be in action October 14 on that card. How are you, Paulina? I'm doing great, thank you. Well, you're, you're, you're going to be part of history because it's the first time that at last we actually get pro MMA uh, promotion to be in New York, and, and you're going to be a part of it. How, how, how are you feeling so far about that? I'm feeling very blessed and honored and very excited to be a part of that. Um, I think it's really cool that Combat Americas is, you know, going to be the first pro show in New York. 
Right, because, of course, we know about the big fight with McGregor and Eddie Alvarez, but you guys are going to set the stone pretty much. You're going to set the stage uh, for the rest of the promotions. And, of course, Combat Americas is leading the way uh, with that. Now, Paulina, you're taking, uh, you're, you're in action this uh, coming week uh, against uh, Jenna Serio. What can you tell me about your opponent? Uh-huh. Um, I know that she is from Mexico, and she's from New York, um, from what I've seen, she looks like like a taekwondo or like a karate style fighter. Um, I know she's very aggressive, but um, I'm also very aggressive, and I feel like um, I'm a little bit more um, evolved and you know a little bit smarter than her as far as the fight game is concerned um she's a little bit reckless and that could be you know her downfall so basically the some of the strategy here for the fight is wait for that one mistake so you could attack mm, i'm not really uh, i'm obviously i'm looking you know to um look for that opening but i'm, I'm I've, I've seen some of her fights and she throws a lot of hooks so um, you know, I feel like that's going to be something I'm going to capitalize on, whether it's, you know, going straight down the line, you know, with my power hand or taking her down to the ground and submitting her. Now, Belina, you have an interesting story uh, as far, of course, you're an MMA fighter, but aside from that, you volunteer a lot uh, in third world countries. Tell me a little bit about that and, and how did you get started and uh, what is, where is the next place that you're visiting to help out? Oh, I actually, um, I did mission work when I was younger with my church in uh, Ingleside, Texas. And then when I moved to San Diego, California, I found this really awesome church called Momentum Christian Church. And it's not like, it's like they set up in this community center every Sunday. And, you know, they, they don't spend their money on the building. They, they spend the money on mission trips. So it's not like a huge church. And um last what was it? Last summer I went to Cambodia and I spent, you know, some time there and I worked with some um some kids in some villages and like helped feed them and, you know, talk to them about Jesus and um we also went to uh the red light district and, you know, talked to the prostitutes there. There was a lot of um, a lot of prostitution, and like mm. these girls were very young, and they, you know, they didn't really know anything else. So our goal was to like get them out of there and teach them, you know, trade that they could use to make money other than you know selling their bodies, um, and just like take them to safe houses. So that was really cool. And um, next, I'm going to. Tijuana, um, which is you know not too far from me. I'm actually like I live like five minutes from the border, and we're doing a Tijuana Safe House Christmas celebration mm-hmm. on December third and fourth, and we're partnering up with the International Network of Parks, which is um, like a, a group of people that you know they go to Tijuana all the time, and we're gonna celebrate Christmas with the residents of this safe house called La Casa del Jardín. Mm-hmm. And it's a safe house for girls between the ages eight through seventeen. So they just like um, provide 
long-term shelter for the girls that are rescued from human trafficking. So, so that's what we have going on. Uh, that in itself, you know, as being a female, seeing these young girls sell their body, I mean, how, how did it make you feel on a personal level? It really, like, hugs my heart because, you know, I don't know, I just, like, don't understand how people can, like, can use these girls like that, you know? Like, they're very young and impressionable, and and they feel like they have no, no other choice. So, you know, we're there to, like, show them, you know, another way. Like, there is another way, and they are loved, you know, by Jesus, and they're loved by us. Because they feel like they they don't have any love, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now in high school, I understand you participated in six sports. Now, on a personal level, I think I did three sports at once. But how in the heck do you pull out six sports? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm still like a little. People always tell me I'm a little bit like hyperactive. But like when you know when I was younger, it was like really extreme. Cause, you know, when you're a kid, you're like more hyper, of course, and, like, I've calmed down a little bit, but I was just very energetic, and, um, you know, I, I made really good grades, but I, I also participated in, actually, volleyball and soccer, and then I did basketball, tennis, cross-country, and then I ran track, and then I also participated in powerlifting. Wow. And, um... Uh, yeah, at one point I was doing like three sports at the same time. I would, I would get off a of basketball practice, go to track practice, and then right after track practice, I'd go to tennis. Hmm. So that you were an active. Yeah, and you know my parents were divorced, and I um, I grew up you know those years mainly with my dad, and my dad would you know he worked a lot, and he wouldn't be home till like six p.m. So I would just spend my time at school um, just you know, distracting myself because, you know, I, if I would be home, I would be there by myself. So I would, I would rather just be at school and so, have in front of my friends. So now at that time, uh, where did you come across MMA? How did you start mixed martial arts? How did you become a fan of it? And what made you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and train uh, mixed martial arts. I actually remember, like, seeing a picture. You know, like, that, there's, like, this famous picture of Gina Carano yeah. where she's, like, doing a flying knee with Master Toddy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that picture. Mm-hmm, yes, yes. But I remember seeing it back in, like, the MySpace days. Wow. And I was, what is she doing? I was like, what is she like? Like, what is that? Because I come from a very small town. Like, the only, like, martial art that I've ever heard of was karate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't know anything else. And um, I remember I did a little bit of research into it, and then I found out that it was Muay Thai. And this was after high school, of course, I was already in college, and uh, I, like, came across an instructor on MySpace who actually taught Muay Thai, and I went to the gym one day, and I tried it out, and then I just never left. How would you say MMA or Muay Thai or martial arts in general, uh, what, what role did it play in your life? Did it save your life? Did, did it better you? It really, it really did save my life because, um, you know, being, you know, living with my dad and him not being home very much, you know, after I graduated uh, high school, like, I didn't have, you know, extracurricular activities anymore. Like, I wasn't part of a volleyball team anymore. I wasn't part of a team anymore. So I just had a lot of time on my hands and 
me being extremely social and um, outgoing, like, I would, you know, go to parties. That was, like, my outlet was parties. So, you know, I started, you know, going downwards, like, a downward spiral. And then when I found um, Muay Thai, I discovered, you know, a new outlet. And it calmed me down and it put me on a better path. So, you know, and it, I'm goal-oriented again. You know, I, I, I need goals and I need coaches and I need, I need teams in my life to, you know, keep myself in line. Gotcha. And I understand that you were born in the Cor- Corpus Christi area in Texas? Yes, Corpus so, Christi, Texas. So, you know, th- as you know, that is the, the place where the late singer Selena uh, passed away. Yeah. Were you a yeah. big fan of her? Because I understand your, your, your parents oh are Mexican. Yes. I love Selena. She actually just came out with, like, a matte makeup line, and they had, like, this huge thing in Corpus Christi about it. I was very sad that I missed it because I'm here in San Diego right now. So at the time, did you go to any of the concerts when she would visit out there? Since I know Tejano music is, is huge. Uh, when I was little, yeah, I went to one. But um, not as many as I, you know, wish I would have gone to. You know, she passed away, and it was very sad. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, Paulina, I want to thank you so very much for your time and looking forward to seeing you in action at Combate Americas. It's on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, I believe this is the first time that you are part, well, this is the second time you're fighting for Combate Americas, but the first time that you fight in the promotion and it airs in UFC Fight Pass? No, the, my first fight was also in UFC mm. Fight Pass. That was on May 9th, mm-hmm. uh, 2016, this year. Great. So it's a, it's a great deal there, great exposure. So looking forward to seeing you in action. Uh, and everyone else and all the Latinos, of course, are uh, supporting you. And uh, what, what can we expect from this fight from on your end? Um, just expect some. I'm going to be throwing some bombs. It's going to be exciting. And, you know, I've trained really hard for this. And I'm going to make it as exciting as I can for everybody. So I hope everybody tunes in and checks it out. Well, Paulina, thank you so very much for your time. And, again, good luck on uh, Combate Americas October 14th live on UFC Fight Pass. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. All right, George, well, now uh, now you heard there the words from um, Paulina Granados will be in action, uh, part of Combate Americas. On October 14th, make sure you check that out. Now, on some really, when I, when I heard this story, George, and uh, you know now the social media news travels real fast here, and just like we found out about Jose Fernandez, and who died in that boat in the tragic uh, boating accident, but we can't really jump the gun. You know, many people are saying, "Hey, this and do that," but they they really don't know the full scoop, the full details. Just the same case. With Josh Salmon. He's a UFC fighter, uh, part of the Ultimate Fighter, and also trains down here in MMA Masters locally in South Florida. And aside from that, he is also an MMA promoter as he promotes uh, his amateur company, uh, Combat Night. And it's been pretty successful. But unfortunately, over the weekend, George, uh, his friend and himself uh, were found in their room, and the gentleman, Troy uh, Krickenberg, uh, unfortunately passed away. When the officers came to the house, 
There was a apparent phone call because of some drug use. And when they arrived, Troy was dead on the spot. And Salmon, well, he was found unresponsive, but at the same time, he did have a pulse. So rumors started swirling on the Internet saying, you know, what, what was it? What, what took these men away? Or, or Simon right now is actually fighting, battling for his life. He's in a coma. And he's had a pretty, pretty hard life. His girlfriend died uh, in an accident, in a car accident. And uh, he's gone on and, and write about the whole situation. In fact, he even felt a little guilty because of it because they were, he was texting her. Uh, and at the same time, he had battled with some of the substance abuse. But either way, there was some speculation or some rumors. Again, this is not 110% concrete. But because police officers arrived to the scene because of a uh, drug-related incident, people started saying that allegedly Josh Salmon was found with a needle uh, injecting heroin on his arm when police got there. Again, this is not 110%. We're not jumping to conclusions, people. So after this started swirling around, some of the news uh, media sites, and, and newspapers in Tallahassee, where he is he is from, as well as uh, the late Troy, they were promoting all these fight cards. They uh, they started saying that there was an alleged heroin uh, abuse. But the mother has gone on the record now and said that in spite of the speculation, there was no heroin found in Josh's system whatsoever. So here's my thing. When I heard the whole heroin thing, I felt distasteful. I felt so so angry, you know, because this is a guy. Uh, he's a fighter, he works hard, he dedicates his life. I understand that there's a lot of injuries that come in with MMA, and, and as you train hard, you feel a lot of pain, just like in pro wrestling. Remember back in the day, they would take oxycodone and drugs and beer and all that stuff. That's how Kurt, uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero uh, passed away, because of the abuse. Nonetheless, um, you, you know, you have to find help. You can't do such a thing without help, and you have to give yourself away. Now, I'm not saying that Salmon is using heroin, but because of that, um, it's a sad situation, one way or another. Of course, there are some of these folks on social media who are going, oh, you know, who cares about him? He's a drug user. We can't jump the gun, people. We can't start claiming that the guy's a drug user. We can't. And if he he is, let's say if if he were caught with this thing, it's a disease. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a it's a very bad one. Addiction is not as easy as a lot of people think. And you know, hopefully, we all wait. We're we're praying for Josh Salmon. He comes out strong. But the first thing he has to do is get help. And and, and I hope he gets back on his feet and and gets back on track uh, for whatever the may, cause may be. This drug related or whatever the heck it is. But you know, our prayers are with Josh Salmon. All right, now switching gears, George, UFC 205 and a more positive thing, a more happier thing, UFC 205. Well, it's going to be the first time UFC visits New York, Madison Square Garden. Eddie Alvarez versus Conor McGregor, the featherweight champion versus the lightweight champion. And Eddie Alvarez's lightweight championship title will be on the line. And if McGregor wins, it could be the first time ever in the UFC history that McGregor uh, well, the, the fighter holds two titles uh, in two different weight divisions. Obviously, this fight card is uh, is, is just amazing. You you have three fights for titles. Got you you got JJ defending her title, and you got Tyron Woodley also 
defending his title. This fight card is stacked. I, you know, UFC 200 was, was great. But this one, I got to tell you, I think it's going to probably beat that with the excitement. The names are... Look, Frankie Edgar, Rashad Evans, these are guys that have headlines, pay-per-views. You know where these guys are? They're on Fox Sports. They're on FS1. They're in the prelims. Just to tell you how good this fight card is. They are not even in the main card of the pay-per-view. Well, again, and you mentioned Conor McGregor, if I'm correct. Um, Let me just say for the record, just the name Conor McGregor is a pay-per-view draw. Okay? And the fact that he's could be making history by winning double titles is a done deal. That's 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 even an automatic buy for me. And, and I don't watch UFC as much as the WWE, but to be honest with you, just hearing the main event, Eddie Alvarez versus Conor McGregor for the, you know, Eddie Alvarez's title, that that's enough to sell me because Conor McGregor could be the first to ever make history. And that man knows how to sell his pay-per-views. And you don't believe me? Watch all of his weigh-ins. <laughs> Every single one is colorful. Every single one is entertaining. You will never find anything that has to do with Conor McGregor that does not catch your attention. Well, I'm going to have to cut you out of that because apparently Dana White has said that actually Conor is not the biggest star, believe it or not, you see. He says that Ronda Rousey is. And speaking of Rousey... I don't know about that. And speaking of Rousey... Dana White says that he wants that Rousey versus Cyborg fight to happen one way or another. It, that would be the dream fight of all dream fights. You thought that Conor McGregor versus uh, uh, Jose Aldo was a dream fight? No, my friend. This is a fight that's been asked for from fans since before Cyborg was ever signed to the UFC. I believe Dana did a good, smart business job there by saying, hey, I'm going to sign Cyborg because I'm going to give the fans what they want with Cyborg versus, you know, Ronda. So I'm glad we're going to see it some way, somehow. Hopefully soon. But, yeah, that UFC 205 fight card. Get, I mean, pre-order this stuff. Whatever you have to do. If you could go to New York, that's even awesome for you. But what a stellar fight card. Again, the names on this fight card... Most of these guys have headline pay-per-views, and they are not in the main card. They're on FS1 in the prelims. That's just how good this fight card is. Look at it. You got Woodley versus Thompson for the title. Then you got JJ uh, putting her title on the line. Kelvin Gastelum versus Donald Zeroni, the cowboy. Uh, Chris Wyman, a former champ, uh, taking on Yoel Romero. And then you got Misha Tate, another former ta- uh, a champ. She's taking on Pennington. Frankie Edgar, another champ. Against Stevens, uh, Norma Gadev versus uh, Michael Johnson. Th- those two could headline uh, any FS1 show, and the winner of this will more than likely get a title shot at that 170 title. Um, Rashad Evans versus Tim Kennedy. I mean, th- these are names that would headline big fight cards, and and they are in the prelims. Tiago Alves, Jim Miller. I mean, this is insane. I I feel like this is kind of like Dana White trying to cover himself up for everything that went down with 200 to say, hey, guys, 205 is for you. I hope so. I'm pretty sure. Because, and by the way, they, they do have backups in case, you know, one guy drops or whatnot. So they do have some backups. So Dana White is prepared. 
Okay, moving forward, though, we do have a pay-per-view this weekend, and that's UFC 204, which takes place overseas uh, in London. And the funny thing about this, George, is that in, it's actually in Manchester, England. The funny thing about this card is they are, the time schedule, they're working around our schedule. They're not working around England's schedule. So that means that when this thing starts, that UFC 204 it's going to be roughly 2 a.m., 3 a.m. That's when the beginning is, meaning that the main event will probably happen like at 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning over there in England. Well, <laughs> I guess, you, listen, I, I'm a fan, but I'm not a diehard like that to wake up at 6 in the morning to watch an event like that, okay? So I, I want to see how that's going to work. Well, for us, uh, thankfully, they're accommodating it. So 10 p.m. is our start time in the pay-per-view. And the headline there is Michael Bisping putting his title on the line against Stan Henderson. We all know that they've met once in UFC 200. Well, it took 104 UFC pay-per-views to get these guys together uh, one more time. Dan Henderson has already gone on the record that if he wins or loses, he's hanging up his gloves. Well, Dan Henderson, listen, again, uh, they have not fought in uh, how many numbers you said uh, when we before. 104 pay-per-views. 104 pay-per-views in between. Both of them have evolved into even better fighters. Their first fight at UFC 100 was a good one. I cannot wait to see this one because, like I said, they've evolved into better fighters. So this is going to be one for the record books. And if I, if I could say, uh, you know... Literally, whether Dan reti- uh, retires after this one or not, or whether win or loss, like he said, is a perfect way to go out because I- I'm just saying right now, this is going to be one hell of an amazing fight. Yes, sir. So tune in this Saturday as uh, UFC 204 all the way from England. Bisping putting his title on the line against Dan Henderson. Uh, do not miss that. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you visit our website, theromanshow.com, where we got some great photography there from the Slayer and Anthrax concert at the Fillmore in Miami Beach. Check that out. Share the pictures. Knock yourself out. We will catch you right here on The Roman Show. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. Stay real, folks. <laughs>